T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it? Welcome in Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Coon on X at G underscore Coon. 71. I am joined by, I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on XSC Dunning 929. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? How's it going? Everybody knows the drill. Wednesdays. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. Go ahead, drop it. Wednesdays, Celtic, 710, General Knowledge, Cerrito Trivia. Be there. Have we ever gotten our update on our love story? We did. We Last did. week, we got an update. All right, just get, just drop a quick uh, quick update. <laughs> it is all we'll apart. Have it fell oh, apart gone. without the guidance. <laughs> Love died without my guidance. It just so. goes to show, you know, real life doesn't always end up like rom-coms. No, it's the most unfortunate thing that happened to their relationship was my absence from Celtic for about three weeks. So, if anybody wants to fall in love, though, come to Celtic tonight. Maybe it happens. You're a real-life hitch. I when am. you go there, it all falls to you-know-what. Yes. Man, that's, that's depressing. It was tough. It was, it was tough news to get, but uh, he said he's going to bounce back. So were any, they both there? The, they were both not there. Only just only one, just only the one side. Just but their team won last week, so okay. at least they did that. Rock on. So Rock shout on. out to them. And what's the prize again? Just so we're just seventy five dollars. Seven. Who? Free entry. Seventy five dollars. Yep. That'll do. Second place gets twenty. Third place gets ten. That'll do. Best team name gets twenty. That'll do. You get some good team names, too, brother. Oh, uh, I get some amazing team, team names that I cannot repeat over the air. And uh, by the way, are we feeling a Grizzlies win tonight? I'm praying for one. <laughs> Again, it has nothing to do with getting a win tonight, meaning hope. It's all pride. It's all pride. I'll be in a bar, so if they lose, I might just go to town. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a slower Thursday. Yeah. Slower Thursday yes. show. Yeah, maybe. If the Grizzlies the, lose, Brad just get yourself prepped. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. If, uh, if you, the you're going to come up sick. <laughs> I, I, so, it's a stomach bug. I couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. I always love the people that make the excuse when they get real hungover and they say, oh, well, I just have a stomach bug. Must have been something I ate. No, you got you got hammered last night. That's what happened. But uh, we have three hours to talk, or two and a half hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We're going to get you out early for that game, Jazz versus Grizzlies. This is the opportunity for the Grizzlies to get one, a singular, one home win before the calendar flips to December. We'll talk about it a second when we get to overreaction, overreaction and not an overreaction, but my God, do they need this win in a massive way just for pride with everything that's going on right now. We haven't had a players-only meeting yet, but we have had Marcus Smart absolutely eviscerating everybody on that roster on the sideline uh, last time out. But we will get to that. Uh, Jessica Benson will take over at 6.30. Tip will be at 7. Um, we're also going to talk about college football playoffs. I, I see a lot of people talking about the Florida State conversation. Should they get in? Should they be out? Boo Corrigan is making it seem like maybe even if they win the ACC championship, they'll be out. But we will uh, 
We will discuss that in just a second, as well as uh, college basketball uh, and Tiger basketball in general. We have the ACC-SEC challenge going along right now. SEC's up 4-3. to three. Um, but Ole Miss got a massive win over NC State last night to get them to six and zero, seventy two to fifty two. And Musa Cisse also got cleared. We know that that's a Tiger opponent coming up next. This is going to be on December second. This is coming up very soon. So Tigers are going to have to handle business there. And I think it really does bode well for their resume if they're able to get a win in that game at the Pavilion. And then also Clemson versus Bama last night. That's was my big game. Clemson won eighty five to seventy seven. Ham- I mean, handled them. They're six and zero. It's interesting, too, like to see, you know, the first three games of the year. Mizzou, the first three power conference games of the year. Mizzou, Michigan, Arkansas. How those age, probably not so well. Arkansas with the loss of North Carolina Greensboro. Michigan with the loss of Long Beach State. And uh, Mizzou with the loss to Jackson State. Those didn't age well. But the upcoming games that will all be played in a 14-day span, those aged very, very well. Those have aged greatly. So this resume could be built very, very well by this Tiger team um, in the next few weeks, if you will. Uh, also on the show, we're going to take a trip around the NFL at 5.30, talk a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back from uh, IR. So there's that. Um, the Browns also have to deal with a quarterback situation. We'll have small talk at 5.50 before we get you to Ty Richardson and get out. Also, Jeff Calkins on the show at 5 o'clock. Now, before we get into overreaction, not an overreaction, we do have some uh, some all-conference teams that were published today by the American Athletic Conference, and there's actually a pretty good Tiger showing. Now, usually you're going to give it to Tulane, SMU, UTSA, the guy, the, the teams that finished ahead of you in the standings, um, but the Tigers did have a relatively good showing uh, in the grand scheme of things. First team, Blake Watson and Chandler Martin, so running back, linebacker combo there. Second team, you had Seth Hennigan, Rock Taylor, D-lineman Jalen Allen, and then offensive tackle Xavier Hill. Third team, Jacob Likes, and safety Simeon Blair. And then honorable mention, they had Jeffrey Cantonarku. One thing I do have to point out about this entire uh, sort of showing for the Tigers on the American uh, American Athletic All-Conference uh, team, a lot of these are transfers. It does lend you to believe. It does lead you to believe that Ryan Silverfield's pretty good in the transfer portal. Let's be fair about it. Blake Watson, 1,000-yard rusher, transfer portal. Chandler Martin, first-team linebacker, transfer portal. Multiple turnovers, takeaways, uh, leading tackler on the team. Um, second team, Xavier Hill. You wanted to see that O-line get beefed up and, and get better players along that O-line? Xavier Hill gets second team, transfer from LSU. Third team, Simeon Blair at safety, transfer. And then honorable mention, Jeffrey Cantonarku at linebacker, transfer. Now, I know that a lot of what we talk about when it comes to next year's team is about retaining people. Seth Hennigan, Rock Taylor, uh, McIlan Pounders at left tackle, uh, you know, different guys like Sutton Smith, Demir Blankamsey. I get that. But it does, it does show that in the end of the day, when they need to go find guys on the transfer portal that will make an immediate impact, they've done a pretty good job of it. They've done a pretty damn good job of it. So I think that's a little bit of a positive spin on the Memphis football all-conference list if you want to take that. But let's go ahead, without further ado, get into overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to what I'm That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Game Cujo from 92.9. College football rankings were released last night. We got Georgia number one, Michigan number two, Washington three, and Florida State four. Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama followed in that order. But a lot is being said on Florida State's chances at getting in without Jordan Travis at QB. Some some are of the opinion that they are no longer one of the four best teams and that should leave them out on the outside looking in. Even with a win in the ACC championship, Florida State should not get into the college football playoff overreaction or not an overreaction. Now, here's what I'll say about people with, with this opinion. People want to avoid the big blowouts, whether it be in the semifinal or the final, and I understand that. We saw last year the historically bad um, national championship between TCU and uh, Georgia. Now, those people will also forget the fact that 51-45 was the score against Michigan, and no one thought that TCU could stick in there against Michigan, so I want them to remember that as well. But for me, without question, this is an overreaction. I am, I am tired. I am sick 
of everyone trying to pile on Florida State, who's been undefeated, unblemished at this point in the year, with a good resume, and with Jordan Travis, a good eye test. And just because they have Tate Rotemaker at quarterback and they had that injury, you want to leave them out completely and completely uh, just throw to the side what they've accomplished this year. I, I think that's foolish. Mike Norvell has been there. This is his third year. He had to turn that whole thing around. And you cannot just completely throw that to the side. You can't tell them that what they've done this year is meaningless in the end of the day. You can't just put them in some New Year's Six Bowl and expect them to be happy about that. And I also think that you're setting a ridiculous precedent. Because largely what we talk about around the college football playoff is we're supposed to go off metrics. We're supposed to understand, okay, if you're an undefeated team in a power conference, you should likely get in. You should, if you win the ACC championship, you should get in, Florida State. That's what we've done to this point. But we're going to change that just because they have a quarterback issue, just because they have a quarterback injury? I think that's foolish. Now, Boo Corrigan has sort of set the table for this, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, he has said that they're a different team altogether. And, yes, they are a different team without Jordan Travis. He was a Heisman-type guy. I mean, he was going to be a Heisman candidate until that injury absolutely hampered him. But here's what I, here's what I want to point out. This is going to be the biggest test for the college football playoff committee on eye tests versus metrics. Because every metric should tell you that Florida State, with a win in the ACC championship, should be in. Their strength of record to this point is third in the country behind Michigan and Washington. And if they beat Louisville, who Louisville, by the way, is still way up there. That's a top 15 team in the country. They're 14. If they beat that team, that strength of record should go up. Their FPI is nine. Um, they, 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 their strength of schedule uh, by the way, is, is better than a, a team in, in Georgia. They, they, they have 56, Georgia's is 59th. Like, you just look at all the metrics around what Florida State's accomplished so far this year, they should be in, and there shouldn't be any, any doubts about that. Now, I, I am of the opinion, some people will read Florida State at four and Boo Corrigan's comments as, oh, they're, they're trying to lead you to believe that they may leave them out, even if they beat Louisville and other things happen around them. I'm of the opinion them at four will will likely get them in. Them at four, them being at four, if they win the ACC championship, there should be no reason for them to drop in the rankings. Other teams can lift up, um, but some would have to drop out. You know, you have Washington versus Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. What would happen there? Georgia versus Alabama in the uh, SEC championship. One of them would have to drop out. But Florida State being in at four tells me that if they win the ACC championship, they're in, and they should rightfully be in. In that case, and it's just it's annoying to me to see all of the ulterior conversations, the other conversations about, you know, oh, it's supposed to be the top four teams in the country. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be the top four teams in the country that deal with their 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 schedule the right way, that have the best resume as well. It's not just the top four teams in the country, not just we can't just go off eye test. We can't just say, oh, well, Georgia and Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State are the best teams in the country. Put them in the top four. Because why would we have the college football playoff committee? Why would we talk about these things? Why would we vote on these things if it's all just in the end of the day going to go to the teams that we think are the best teams in the country? I just find it foolish, this conversation that's going on around Florida State at this moment. I tend to agree with you. The only team I fear that could get Florida State on the outside looking in is Georgia. If Georgia loses that SEC championship game, there will be a discussion as to whether they should be in over an undefeated okay. undefeated Florida State. I'm well, not saying I'm not saying I agree with it, but that will be the discussion. And that is why the college football playoff is either praying that these teams all go 4-0 this weekend or that Florida State loses. Yeah, and I, here's what I'll say about Florida State. I'm not going to immediately say they're going to win that game right. in the ACC championship against Louisville. Louisville's a good team. They've been trending in the wrong direction, but Florida State doesn't have a starting quarterback. They have a backup quarterback in Tate Rotemaker. That could lead you to believe they're going to lose. I'm not going to immediately say they're going to win that game, but if they do win that game, they should be in. But okay, Georgia, right? Let's talk about Georgia. If you're saying Georgia should get in no matter what, even if they lose to Bama. I didn't say that. But you know, but let's just let's just for the sake of argument. Okay. If they're twelve and one, they lose to Bama, maybe even tight in the SEC championship. People think they yeah, should they get lose in because three. They're the yeah. they're the they're, they're two time champs. They're the reigning two time champs. They've been number one just about all year. They've been phenomenal. Yada yada yada. Florida State has a better strength of record and a better strength of schedule this year. 
and they have they would have not lost the game if they win the ACC championship. So if you're going off metrics, there's no reason that Georgia should jump Florida State with a tight loss against Alabama. There's no real reason besides eye test that should put Georgia in over Florida State. And I understand they've won the last two, and you want to see them in there. They would sell. They would be TV ratings. We know that would go you up. Just, you just explained why. But at the same time, we're, if we're in this for fairness, if we're in this to try <laughs> to, to be real with ourselves, use nuance with eye test and with, with metrics and with resume, Florida State – We'll have had the better resume than Georgia at that point. Undefeated, won the ACC, better strength of record, better strength of schedule. Like, I, I don't know what else I can really say out there besides Nothing that. you said the is incorrect. The resume is right there in front of you. You look at these things to go rank them. That's what you say you do every single week. Nothing so if you, you look at these things after a Georgia loss, nothing should nothing should change metric wise. They aren't gonna they aren't gonna care. It, <laughs> everything that you just listed that it shouldn't be taken into consideration. Except for that TV will, ratings part, is one, that what you're talking no, about? The TV ratings will be taken into consideration. The travel, the two year national champ, the defending national champ, all of that will be taken into consideration. Again, if, if Florida State wins that game, they should be in. They should be in. In my opinion, they should. If you go undefeated in a season and you win one of the major conferences, you should be in the college football playoff just because a player got hurt. A player got hurt. It's not the rest of the team's fault. The rest of the team played all the games. You should reward that team. Yeah. I am um, just saying, they are already laying the groundwork right now for for leaving them out. I see both in. sides of this, too. Put, I, 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 I see both your sides, sides, but I also but, see where they're laying the groundwork to let Florida State have their just, shot at I this thing to get in I at number tr- four. I just don't know how much trust in the committee I have to be the – to be a hundred percent fair, I suppose. Yeah, because I, they're I gonna. Guess I, get that. I guess my worry would be is that they're gonna look at, like you said, they'll look at the TCU game or they'll look at they'll look at the previous the, the past years where they're like, oh, we there's are fair. always blowouts. Though, we to are be fair. fair there's with always this team. Well, that's the point, though. That's what they'll say every year. We're fair, and there's a blowout, and everybody complains. So, do you want us to be fair and have us have a blowout, or do you want us to be fair and have Georgia playing, you know, Michigan? <laughs> it, that's it's going to be those conversations, right or wrong. That's what's going to happen, and it's going to be annoying. So buckle up. <laughs> yes. Do I think here? here here's here's I am here's hoping a they just all win. Do I think that Florida State is one of the best four teams in the country without their starting quarterback right now? No. Do I think that they have one? Of, if they beat AC, if if they have, if they beat Louisville in the ACC championship, do I think they are one of the best four teams as far as resume is concerned? Absolutely yes. But again, when it comes down to it, if if Florida State wins their championship, the ACC championship, and they end up at 13-0, and we are going to get a very real answer as to what the committee cares about. Do you care about TV ratings and eye test, or do you care about what actually has happened on the field and resume? That will be the tell, and we will be able to, I think, going into the future, understand more about how these decisions will be made. Now, I know it'll be complicated by a 12-team playoff and everything else, so a lot of these teams we're talking about may not have to worry, but Florida State should be in if they win the ACC championship. I don't think there's a doubt about it. One other thing on the college football playoff rankings that I've been beating over the head for weeks, for weeks, there's in no world, in no world, zero world, Texas and Alabama should be behind Oregon. There is no world where that should be the case. One, Alabama, their strength of record is 7 to Oregon's 9. Their strength of schedule is 31 to Oregon's 62. They have more top 25 wins than Oregon at this point in the year. They have fared better in big games. Texas, strength of record 6 to Oregon's 9. Their strength of schedule at this point, 13 to Oregon's 62. And everything I said about Alabama holds true with Texas. I get that Oregon's getting a little bit of preferential treatment because of how close that game was on the road against an undefeated Washington team, and they do have a chance to avenge their only loss. I think if they win, they'll likely be in. But at the same time, at this particular moment, there is no world in which Oregon should be ahead of Texas or Alabama. And it's strange to me that it has held this long. It is strange to me. Because there's no, like, because when we talk about Florida State, okay, you have a quarterback out, maybe you can do the eye test thing and say, oh, well, they're, they're worse teams. I think Texas and Alabama are very comparable. They have everybody on the field they need to have on the field uh, when, you're, when you're talking about them versus Oregon. So I still don't understand that, 
but it is what the committee has decided to hang their hat on. They think that Oregon should be ahead of those two teams. I just continue. I will continue to disagree. My brain hurts trying to talk about the college football playoff this year with all of the scenarios and the craziness that could go down this weekend. Well, I told you again, it's the chaos. Nuts. The chaos scenario is still it's still on present. the table. Michigan thirteen and zero Big Ten champ. Florida State thirteen and zero ACC champ. Alabama SEC champ at twelve and one. Oregon twelve and one Pac twelve champ. Texas twelve and one Big Twelve champ. And then Georgia and Washington twelve and one on the outside looking in. What happens? I don't know. I was gonna. You, can I put you on the spot? If you had to just <sighs> bet money. I would that go. that goes down. What do we mm. think happens? We know we know two are in. What happens, or what do I think should happen? Because that those are two completely different <laughs> things. Just, Let's okay. be honest. Let's be honest. What I think should happen is Michigan, Florida State, probably Texas, then Alabama in that order. That's what I. Think That's it what would I think be. should happen. That's what I think it would be. But based on where they've had Oregon all year, if they get over top and undefeated Washington, do you really think they're going to leave them out based on they've had them ahead of of, of Texas and Alabama in every single ranking? It so would far. be pretty funny to be like, psych! <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, what I think ultimately would happen is Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, and Alabama in that scenario. Okay. But then it's hard because, like, I... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I, I, I don't know what to say about, like, Texas beat Alabama on the field. But then they lost to Oklahoma in that nasty Red River rivalry. And game. I do think it's fair to say Alabama is a different team than they were. Th- the, than the, they were. The, the, the reason I would finally elevate Alabama over Oregon in this particular, or over Texas in this particular scenario, is Texas will have beaten Oklahoma State in their championship. And Alabama, would have and Alabama will, have, will have had the best win in college football to date, and it won't even be close. They would have beaten uh, Georgia, number one team in the college football playoff ranking, number one team everywhere else in the AP, whatever damn ranking you look at. And they would have done it in Atlanta in the SEC championship. I, I think that that would finally elevate Alabama up over Oregon and Texas. In this particular You scenario. just know, like, a few weeks ago. I know we were talking about it, but you know the committee was like, nah, there's no way. <laughs> there's there's no way this is going to happen. And, and you know who has to, the worst job in America here. right now? Who's Book that? Oregon. Book Oregon. It's a, it's a no-win well, situation. Th- because what's going to – you're going to piss off somebody. Well, uh, what, you, uh, a fan always, base is going to lose their minds no matter what happens. <laughs> unless they just all win. Like, unless Florida State, Washington, Michigan, Georgia, if they all win, then it's easy. Boom. All four are in. Easy. Easy. Would, would we sort of agree at this point – Alabama's the biggest wild card here. If they lose, it's easier. Yes. It's substantially easier. If they win, oh, everything's a Alabama beating Georgia, it changes the conversations for like two or three schools because you have to take into consideration that they beat Georgia in Atlanta. You just and then to. everybody will take into consideration, oh, Georgia's the last, they won the last two national championships, guys. They've been unblemished. They beat the hell out of Ole Miss. Florida State? Beat the hell out of Tennessee. I, I, listen, 
uh, back to the original point, Florida State should be in if they win the ACC championship. I don't But disagree. we know all of the, the different things that could happen this weekend and what could, what could really transpire, and it is, it's mind-numbing. It's going to be awesome, though. It's mind-boggling, for sure. <laughs> all right, next up. The Grizzlies have their last oh. game of the month of November. Tonight, <laughs> they are 0-8 at home. <laughs> After setting a record last year at 35-6 and six in the FedEx Forum, the Grizzlies need to get a win tonight for pride's sake. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. But th- here's where I'm at. Like, yeah, you need to get a win for pride's sake to get your get a home win before more December. Pride. But for God's sakes, just like even if they lose this game, win every game for pride's sake because this is just brutal. They're 3-13, and and they lead the entire NBA with uh, 11 players missing 87 games, the contract value on that, I don't know if you've seen that, they have missed $12.9 million worth of games, and we're only through 16 games. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. But uh, it's not an overreaction because they were the best team in the NBA at home last year. FedEx Forum was a safe haven for them, if you will, and it has become anything but that. There's been no Grizzlies team, no matter how bad they've been in the past, there's been no Grizzlies team to be this futile at home. And I'm not even saying, like, I I keep banging this. It's not that I will have some newfound hope in home basketball if they win tonight. I mean, for God's sakes, this is the Jazz without Lowry Markinen. okay? This is not a good team they're playing. This is a really bad team they're playing. So it's not for any newfound hope. I've already said I've lost that. But it's for pride. You've shown what FedEx Forum is supposed to be as a home, as a place that you play and you have this home court advantage, and it's completely lost. It's gone. You've won three games all on the road. So I just need to see them win a game at home against a bad team for pride's sake. No hope. That's lost. For pride tonight. Well, it's also just, let, let's be honest about it. If you lose to a Jazz team who is not playing Lori Markinen, Jordan Clarkson right now is a game-time decision. <laughs> Kelly Olenek is a game-time decision. You have got to win tonight. You've just you've, you've got to win. You've got to give that home crowd a W. The, the Utah Jazz are not a very good basketball team, and they've gotten you twice. And in both of those games, you should have probably won those games. And you had well, opportunities. Well, the first one was kind games. of an ass whooping. Sure, but like they honest. still, you should have. But you, it shouldn't happen. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying is that the Jazz shouldn't be whooping you. You know that is where I understand the frustrations and the complaints from the fan base so far this season because you're getting whooped by teams like the Jazz. That cannot happen especially at home when they are down arguably their three best players. That just can't happen. Yeah, and and I have really struggled because a lot of the talks within, you know, our place right here at 92.9, with other media outlets, uh, within the fan base, you just, no matter who you are, you have a different take on why it's so bad, Right. Some people may say Josh screwed them with what he did. Some people may say, oh, it's strictly injuries. You can't, you can't concern yourself with that. Some people will say Taylor Jenkins has not maximized in the slightest what has happened on the floor. Some people will say Zach Kleiman missed way too many times. When you have some injuries, which always happen, this is what you get on the back end. I think it's a mix of all those things, but I can't really put my finger on anything other than injuries as to why it has been so futile, oh, the, why it has been so bad. The reason we're in the, the circles of hell are because of injuries, no doubt about it. it it's injuries and the jaw suspension, no doubt about it. If we want to talk about the jaw suspension being too long, you know, we talked about but it here's when it the came thing. out. I agree with I, that. I, so you can say, like, we've talked about it with Jeff and a bunch of people that have been on the show. I think without a doubt, the top two, jaw suspension, injuries. injuries. I do think everything else you mentioned. I think there's credence to everything else. Everything else, yeah. Everything else, has, people have a point. You know, we've missed on a couple of draft picks. The roster, you know, wasn't built to sustain all of these injuries, which, uh, you know, at some point, it just... What it, roster uh, is, is at, what you would at ask some at some point, point. The, the Titanic splits in half. Yes. You can't, you know... <laughs> you, at some point, if you take on too much water, you're just, you, there's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter how many floaties you got. So, but, you know... Taylor Jenkins not maximizing the roster is probably Fair. there is probably some something to that because I have talked about how my big concern with Taylor Jenkins has been he has not been you know he's been passive with the referees 
And when yep. you're having to have guys like Marcus Smart yell at the team and tell them, you know, hype it up, I just have concerns that that may not be coming from Coach Jenkins. And that is where, you know, if you are having those concerns as a fan base and as an organization, conversations are fair to have. Now, all of this being said, I do think when Ja comes back and they get healthier, if they, I think another point to the injuries is a few people have said, we've been waiting on this team to get healthy for two seasons. At what point do we stop? expecting them to be healthy and just move on from these guys who are always hurt. I do understand that point as well. I do think when everybody comes back, it will look better. But right now, everybody's complaints and everybody that and everything people are saying are all true. It's like a pie chart, like you said. Yeah. It's it, it, percentage-wise, jaw injuries without a doubt. Those are the top 2. Everything else though? Smaller slivers for everything else. Everything else makes sense. Um what do we think about like this needs to be a win. This ha- needs It to has be. to be a win. This needs to be a win. You cannot go if into you, December with no home. I wins. don't think this is hyperbole. What, if you lose we, tonight, it's one of the darkest. It'll be yes. it'll be one what, of the darkest losses. What, what in does, a while? What does Taylor Jenkins do tonight to maximize? Like because that's the one thing that I see the argument uh, against Taylor Jenkins. He does not maximize what he has, and I think ultimately this year he's placed a lot of trust in guys that quite frankly haven't earned it. Whether it be Z, um, John Conchar, guys like that, and obviously we're talking about down down the ballot guys because of so many injuries. But tonight, I, I wonder, like, he's played this relatively big rotation. You sort of wonder if he gets it down to seven to try to go win a damn ball game at home. I think... Seven, eight. One, one of my frustrations have been, I think, uh, play the guys that you just signed, first off. Look good. Look pretty good in the 13 minutes that he played. I would like to see some of him. Jalen Noel. Yeah. Stay with the guys who have the hot hand. If you, I understand that he's going into these games with a game plan, but also, I don't want to see you taking out guys who have a hot hand, who are playing well defensively, who or, or moving the ball, or having success on the offensive end on the floor. Don't take them out just because it's time to take and, them out because of the clock. Leave them in. And, That's how you maximize this roster right now. If somebody has a hot hand one night, stay with them. And just the, stay with them. On the flip side of that, if somebody's not showing anything, pull them. Pull them. Because it usually goes three or four possessions too late. Right? Like, that's what I've noticed with Taylor Jenkins is he tries to stick with these guys because he's scared to go make that decision, but then it's four possessions too late, and that lead for the other team starts ballooning. And you can't have that and if don't you want to stay balloon. in ball games. Just, if you have to play guys 35-plus minutes tonight, you got to play them 35-plus minutes tonight. If you have to be it's aggressive with your timeouts to get, the, get people up out of there, do it. Yes. Do whatever you can. Yell at refs. <laughs> be aggressive. Yes. Lose your mind. I mean, it, the free throw stuff has not changed since that rant happened. We can be honest about it. It yep. hasn't changed. Well, but also part of that is free throw stuff is not going to change until they get job back because no one is attacking the rim in any meaningful way. Jaron's actually getting to the line for the, the most in this Yes, career, but, 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 but that's it's the, the foul only... calls against them that is yes, more so that, than, than sure, actually getting sure, calls. They're getting you, the line fine. It's, I'll say it's this, the calls against them but, that have been Yeah, the call against they can be ticky-tack. I yeah. understand that. But if you want to get that free throw disparity like back to even, you have to attack. You have to get into the paint somehow. This was a leading paint-scoring team last year, and they have no semblance also, of it. just stand at the three-point line and lock hands and just say, <laughs> if you're going to hit the shot, you're going to hit the shot. But you're not, like, I, you can take the twos, all right? But you're not hitting a three. Because we've made the Utah Jazz look like the prime warriors every time we've played them. No, luckily, I, with, with ticky-tack fouls and getting to the rim, I don't think the uh, Jazz have much in that, in that category tonight. We'll see. I don't know. They're going to turn – Taylor Horton Tucker is going to turn into Kobe tonight <laughs> yeah. or something. It's going to be yeah. insane. <laughs> What happened last game? He was hitting fadeaways. I was like, what is going on? It's usually how it works out. But we are live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios. And when you have a disaster, make sure you call Service Master by Cornerstone. They handle it with pride and with care, and they will get you back on your feet in no time. When it comes to a home, office, residential property, a school, they are your helper. They're your responder. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but they do it the best. They've been awarded Service Masters Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Store franchise in the United States of America. It could be frozen pipes, bursted pipes, water damage, water heater on the fritz, you get water damage. You could have a uh, you know good old damage caused to your home during a storm. You could have a fire and there's smoke damage. You could need mold remediation. Any of these issues, call Service Master by Cornerstone. Tyler, the president and owner, uh, and his team take pride in helping you at these moments. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. And that word respond is an active word uh, because that's their number. 901-RESPOND, 901-RESPOND, 901-RESPOND. 
for my friends at Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, we have some college basketball to talk about, uh, some Memphis basketball and their upcoming schedule to discuss. And then, in college football, I don't know if you've seen it, Connor. Transfer portal is nuts already. It's absolutely bonkers. We'll discuss all that when we return 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Last night, with the Tigers not even on the floor, was a really good night for them in basketball. We have the ACC-SEC Challenge going on right this second. Um, and the, the first seven games are in the book, four to three. The SEC is up. Um, but uh, first, I'll start with team that they've already played. Uh, Mizzou ended up sort of rebounding. They, they did relatively well last night, won 71 to 64 on the road at Pittsburgh. So that win likely will start to age a little bit better. Mizzou, we know they're not as bad as what they looked like against Jackson State, so this always was going to trend in a better direction. But beating a team like Pitt on the road in the ACC-SEC Challenge definitely bodes well. But then there's two games coming up, one in the SEC, one in the ACC, that are massive. They have just become very massive. Two 6-0 teams at this point. One, I want to start with Ole Miss versus NC State. Ole Miss handled business 72-52. to Did not play Musa Cisse even though he was cleared. But they're now 6-0 and at this point, and you deal with them coming up on Saturday at the Pavilion. You could hand them their first loss of the year, potentially. Now, their Ken Palm ranking does not look very good right now. They're somewhere in the 90s. That's certainly going to raise with the, the, the win and you know how big it was, the, the deficit. Um, that they won by, um, that's going to go up here in, here in a second. But that game becomes a little bit more tougher just even on the surface with Musa Cisse coming back. You have Jamarian Sharp, another seven-footer. And quite frankly, yeah, the Tigers have done better with their shot creation. They, they hit more from the three-point line, although they didn't do so well against Villanova their last time out. But with where the Tigers are right now in the front court, you definitely have some concerns about dealing with the, the front court of Ole Miss with Musa Cisse and Jamarian Sharp. Jordan Brown has not looked good. We have concerns there. Malcolm Dandridge, is, he can only do so much, and same with Nick Jordan. So that, that game in particular definitely is one you have to circle coming up on Saturday uh, that, that, could be, that could be very, very tough could be very tough in a decent road environment at Ole Miss. Yeah, all of a sudden it feels like one of the biggest games of the season, you know. Um, Musa Cisse being in the game definitely changes things, I think, for the University of Memphis. I still would favor them going into the game just because I think that the talent that they have is yeah. more talent than Ole Miss has. But like you said, Cisse is going to present some challenges because Jordan Brown, unfortunately, hasn't been as in shape as, as you would hope. I still think he's got a lot of talent. Hopefully he can get that together as the season moves along. I think Malcolm Dandridge has looked really good on the defensive end of the basketball. I think he's struggled on the offensive end, especially with turnovers. And then that's where you kind of hope that Nick Jordan just has an Arkansas-like type game. You know, that's kind of yep. what you need. You need somebody to step up and fill that role. Is it going to be Jordan Brown? Is it going to be Malco? Is it going to be Nick Jordan? You, I, I feel confident that one of them will show up. You just got to hope that one of them does. Now, one thing about Ole Miss that, that does provide a little bit of concern, if you're going to go score on them, so far this year you've had to do it inside the arc. It's hard. They're 30 per, they hold opponents to 30% from the three-point line. Now, sort of a positive there is they don't shoot the three ball worth a damn. They cannot shoot very well. I mean, it's Matt Morrell, it's Alan Flanagan trying to go get what they can, it's, and then outside it's of that, much Alan Flanagan. They, they really struggle. Um, they're only 33% from the three-point line. But this is a game where I think you do have to try to get inside the three-point line and, and push their defense, get them to different spots. Um, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
but I, I I don't necessarily think Ole Miss is some juggernaut offensively, and that definitely bodes well, I think, for for the Tigers and staying in the game and ultimately go winning. I heard John Martin talk about it earlier. He said he thinks it's a toss-up. I don't necessarily think that way. I think the Tigers, with the talent they have, can handle business against Ole Miss, even on the road, but we know road basketball is always tough. And uh, I think also having a, a extended leave uh, from last week and not having played – uh, since last Friday, that definitely bodes well for the Tigers. Hopefully, Jordan Brown's in better shape, right? Like, that's one thing you really hope. Uh, you have a seven, eight-day layoff. You really hope that this guy can get back in shape and show something against those bigs, against Ole Miss. And uh, maybe they can buck the trend, the Tigers, of how well Ole Miss has guarded the three-point line so far this year. Yeah, I, I think really the CSA addition, it, it it mostly just changes things for the Tigers, I think, on the offensive end. It'll be a little bit more difficult to score inside the paint, and it changes the rebounding battle. You know, that's one thing that we have looked at so far uh, this season for the Tigers, saying that that could be an area of improvement is yep. is on the board. So CSA being there is going to make that more of a challenge. But to your point, they are guard-heavy. You know, Alan Flanagan, Matthew Morrell, TJ Caldwell, those are the guys who are going to be scoring for the they're going to be the guys trying to shoot those threes. So if you can just make it difficult for them, I think you're going to be fine. Like you said, the talent that the Tigers have should be enough to take care of business against Ole Miss. They've got a couple guys that can pop off, but the Tigers do too. And I think that the ability for the Memphis to score at all three levels and the ability to have more than one guy scoring each night, like is is, is Jacon Walton going to show up? Is Javon Quinterly going to go off that night? Is David Jones going to have another 30-point game? You, it, you, you have a lot of confidence that at least one or two guys are going to kind of pop off each game. Is Ashton Hardaway going to get hot from three again? You know, so that's why I have confidence and the Tigers taking care of business, but it is going to be a challenge. Ole Miss appears to be better than people thought they were going to be. Yeah, and I'll say this about Ole Miss compared to Memphis. Memphis has five guys in that lineup who can go get you 20 any given night, although Jordan Brown hasn't really showed you that this year. Um, He's had some flashes, though. Um, Ole Miss has this, it's a strange dynamic for the most part, like Jamarian Sharp, their seven footer is not a scorer by any stretch of the imagination. He's a he's a guy who will be a shots. defensive anchor yeah. and he will block shots. They get it a lot from their backcourt, like you mentioned. But last night it took Jamin Brakefield to get twenty five, which is not a commonality for that. It does not happen very often. It took Jamin Brakefield to get twenty five to lead them to that massive win that they had against NC State. And then last night as well, this is the game of the night that I that I sort of highlighted before I got out yesterday. Clemson versus Bama. Clemson went on the road against number twenty three Alabama and handled business easily, eighty five to seventy seven. Uh, they have some good guards, I would say. Chase Hunter's very solid. We know Joe Girard the third. He was at Syracuse for four years. He's a fifth year guy. He had four threes last night. Um, I'll get to him in a second. But I think again. When it comes down to front court versus front court, this could be a tough matchup. P.J. Hall is Clemson's leading scorer, and P.J. Hall can go get it however he wants. He's 6'10", 240. He had 21-8-2 in that game last night against Alabama, and they have a guy off the bench. I, I, I already talked about uh, uh, P.J. They have a R.J. Godfrey. Um, who's 6'8", who's really good in the post and can go score within the paint. And the Tigers are going to have to sure that up before they play this Clemson team as well. Now, that's farther down the road. Maybe you'll have more <laughs> more conditioning for a guy like Jordan Brown uh, by the time we get to that on the 16th. But there is going to be a massive, massive resume-building opportunity based on what happened last night between December 2nd and December 16th. Yeah. Because you have Ole Miss at Ole Miss. You have the number 14 team in the country with A&M. And then you have Clemson, who now I think is 36th in Ken Palm. So you have a big opportunity against some big opponents to go make something happen. This may just be me sounding like a broken record, but I truly believe if the Tigers take care of the basketball, they can beat anybody. Just keep yep. those turnovers down, and you're going to be fine. The only time we've seen them mat- mightily struggle this season, or struggle, it, I mean, Villanova was hitting every single shot in the first half. I'm not really talking about that. It's But when they take care of the basketball, they control the, they've controlled every single moment of these games. It's when the turnovers start stacking up. That's when you saw Arkansas start to come back is when the turnovers were happening. That's the same thing you saw against Michigan. The turnovers started happening. All of a sudden, Michigan was back in the game. Take care of the basketball, crash the boards, and you you know, keep attacking the basket. Yep. You can really score at all three levels with this team. Um, now, Joe Girard is a guy that I think a lot of people will go into this game sort of worried about because he's a fifth-year guy. He has a lot of experience under his belt. He was really good at Syracuse. He can knock down a three at a high level. Now, I watch him play, and I know he's savvy, 
and I know he doesn't turn the ball over, and there's some things there that, that could give you some concerns. I'm not overly worried about a guy like that against this Tigers team in particular because I just think the length and athleticism against guys like that really sort of it, it bothers guys like Joe Girard who do not have the same type of athleticism, same type of build, the physical attributes that can really get after um, the University of Memphis on the offensive end. I mean, Joe Girard was a guy who played the 2-3 zone for four years before this. Okay, He does not move his feet overly well, and on the offensive end, he's a stand-and-shoot, uh, you know, uh, catch-and-shoot type guy at times. He can get off the dribble a little bit, but he needs a screen. I think the Tigers' length and athleticism can get to a guy like that once we get to the 16th. But that time will tell. Time will tell what happens there. But this Tigers team, man. Penny did a hell of a job with they, the schedule. They have Very good job. They have plenty of opportunity ahead of them, and that's what I was getting at. I, I'm glad to see, as opposed to the first three power wins of Mizzou, Michigan, and Arkansas, where you had these nasty losses that they took, coming up here you know, with Ole Miss, Clemson, A&M, all those have aged wonderfully. Going forward, well, and you expect the previously th- the previous three to continue to age better. better. Yes, they will. They, they should be better as, as but, time goes on. But I'm glad that right this second you right. see these games ahead of you, and you say, "Oh, well, those are aging phenomenal." There's more opportunity. You, you have two teams combined twelve and zero. Uh, the first game on, on Saturday, and then the second game December sixteenth. They're they're combined, and then 12 you and got 0. number fourteen in between that. Yes, so. He put he did a hell of a job. Great job together. There's no question about it. Now in college football, we have the transfer portal going nuts. And one of the interesting quotes from today that I have to latch on to: Matt Rule, head coach in Nebraska. We remember him at Temple. He's done some good things. He was six and, or five and seven this year. They lost their last four games. He gave them some hope, though. I'll give you that. He was five and three, and then last lost the last four games. Did not get bowl eligible. Did you see the quote he gave out about quarterbacks in the portal? He says a good quarterback in the portal costs one million, one and a half million, two million in NIL. So this is why we're seeing the the exodus of great quarterbacks around the country hopping into the portal. First, I want to start with Max Johnson. Max Johnson ends up landing at North Carolina after his year he spent, or a couple years he spent at AM. He was solid down the stretch of the, the season with AM, but not good enough. Uh, they lost a lot when Connor Weigman went down, so that was massive. Um, we also have uh, Grayson McCall, who said he uh, bled teal not too long ago. I think he said that last year when he returned to Coastal Carolina. He said he bled teal. He's now in the transfer portal. He's not going back to Coastal Carolina. That's going to be a big name on the market that somebody will take up. He's going to take a step up. Um, and I wonder if it's to a place like Arkansas where K.J. Jefferson, that's the big news today, K.J. Jefferson, the University of Arkansas, with Bobby Petrino, the news and everything else, he plans to get in the transfer portal. And I figured that seeing Bobby Petrino go there may convince him not to get in there, but this is a, a guy who can probably maximize his NIL opportunity with the last year he has in, in college. But that's a massive blow if he, if he ultimately decides to leave Arkansas and go elsewhere. I think he has been on Instagram saying, I've not made my final decision. I don't know what the, in regards, you know, what that means exactly. Is it the decision to get in the transfer portal? Or is it the decision to go or commit to a certain place? But KJ Jefferson leaving Arkansas leaves them in a really bad spot in a year where Sam Pittman needs a lot of continuity at the quarterback position if he wants to be successful. Yeah, without a doubt. We were talking about it just the other day that we believe that Pittman is going to get some more time. It appears he's going to, but K.J. Jefferson was a big part of that discussion. And like you said, he did post saying that no decision has been made yet, but reports are starting to be floated that he is going to be entering the transfer portal. But uh, you kind of nailed it, though, with Riley Leonard. You, as soon yeah. as... As soon as the Mike hire, Elko yeah, as soon left. as that happened, you said Riley Leonard's going to be the most sought-after quarterback in the country. And Riley Leonard has hopped into the portal. That was obvious. We sort of saw that coming. I think another one that you need to keep an eye on is Cam Ward at Washington State. There's been a lot of rumors around him, and he's already there's already reports that he's received seven different million-dollar oh, valuations wow. to go elsewhere. They said seven-figure, but whatever. Um, so he he probably will land on his feet somewhere. But Riley Leonard, it looks like Notre Dame at this point is sort of the leader in the clubhouse to go land him. And I think that would be a good spot for him to land. I think he can handle himself relatively well, and he doesn't have to deal with whoever Duke hires next, which cannot be – it's not, it's not going to be a fun 
coaching search ultimately after how good they've been the past two years. You're going to have to keep up that, that level of expectation at Duke, and that's not easy to do. But Riley Leonard probably going to Notre Dame. I think that that could be sort of match made in heaven. I, it's, it could potentially – I mean, it's going to be a perfect fit, to be quite honest, I think. If he they ran, run the ball, play action, use his legs, absolutely. Physical team? Yes, very physical team. I think that you know more designed quarterback runs – as opposed to what they did with Sam Hartman this year, could be on the table, and I think that sort of lends to their style a little bit more. I think that that could be a great fit, but we'll see how it all shakes out. But the transfer portal is absolutely bonkers, man. Arkansas's losing a bunch. Colorado's losing a bunch. And like I said off the top of the show, it looks like Tigers are not losing a whole lot. That's something. Roster retainage in college football is so damn massive. It's so massive. Yes, you have to hit in the transfer portal. You have to hit on your high school recruits and develop them. But roster retainage is huge, and it looks like Rock Taylor has announced, for the most part, that he's going to stay. Looks like Mikhailin Pounders, the left tackle, he sort of had a tweet last night or a, a post on X that he, he's likely to stay. Um, so it looks like it's looking up for the Tigers at this particular moment, and that is, uh, that is hard to do in this day and age of college football. Now Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join the show next. Let's go ahead and get to that right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.